0: It's episode 147 to a certain degree. You're listening, and I'm talking. I'm Nick, by the way. You'll also be hearing from my guest this episode, Fred Zara. Fred is a writer, director, actor, and many other nouns. We had a great discussion about the creative process. Switching from music to film and the smallest possible living arrangements that we would want to inhabit. Enjoy the show. Bobby Darren on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. I'm beginning to see the light. That was the name of that song. You may have heard it from the Swinger soundtrack, which is one of the places that I was introduced to that song, to Bobby Darren, to swing dancing, and to uh, somewhat independent filmmaking. And so I thought that was a good segue for the guest that I have today. I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Fred Zara is here. Good morning, Fred.
1: Hi, Nick. Zara Zara. Zara Zara Zara, Zara, Zara. Zara, 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 Swingers, Zara, Swingers. Yeah, that is a very contemporary uh, uh, reference ex- example reference of a that, movie that you are using there.
0: Yeah, thank uh, you. Twenty something years old. Yeah, more yeah. than twenty. It's yeah, almost, almost as contemporary. Ninety like
1: six. Almost as contemporary as Popeye the movie. Popeye the that movie we, that we discussed earlier. Yeah, that was from the seventies slash eighties, right? I think it was nineteen eighty. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good the oscar oscar winning nominated definitely nominated but, for uh, what for all of the big awards
0: popeye? popeye the movie yeah i know it was done by somebody no, super I'm famous com- <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm completely
1: messing with you
0: uh it's robert altman i believe is yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 very strange movie i would highly recommend it
1: it's it's yeah it's a, it's definitely an, a, an acid trip type of movie
0: well, it's funny too because I picked the music, so I kind of put my uh, my library on random and kind of picked the music beforehand. Before I learned that you were in a punk band yes, when sir. you were younger, yes, sir. so I would have picked more punk music.
1: But I'm not in a punk band now, so I'm not offended at all that you didn't. Okay, pick great. Punk well, that music. works. That Although well. I could have given you some uh, tracks with my old band if you wanted to intro it that way. Oh, that would have been great. But that is a different. That is like four or
0: five lifetimes ago. And when is it good for back. seven in the morning on a Monday? Uh,
1: it depends on who you are okay it's 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 definitely a little it's like coffee it'll wake
0: you up very yeah. nice uh, Fred is here as all my guests are at the WPRK Studios and it's early on a Monday and Fred you and I kind of know each other yeah I th- kind I th- of I think we kind of do. We have been on stage 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 is. I think we were at uh French festival and then at the winter park library. Right. I don't know if I did the show with you. No, at French festival. Didn't. Yeah. I
1: think the only time we actually did a show together was in December
0: around thanks. The Thanksgiving sort of area. And we did a <clears throat> no, we did, holiday well, themed.
1: Yeah. It was, it was between Christmas and Thanksgiving yeah. and we yeah, did yeah. like a holiday family gathering. Yeah. Uh, but I don't even think we interacted all that much. Not that much. So this is the most interaction I think we've ever had. Other, this other is than perfect. you know our chats,
0: this is the perfect amount of interaction to have, especially live on the radio. I feel yeah. like. So let's get to know you. Okay. A little bit better. Let's play a game. Let's do that. The twenty questions. Uh, you're going to say if you're for or against something. Okay. Because I'm curious. Okay. How you rate things? How you react to things? <clears throat> what uh, What pushes your buttons in a good way, and what pushes your buttons in a bad way? Okay. So am, am I timed? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to tell you the time, though. Okay. So because just go with it.
1: There might be like this processing that goes on, like oh, good. trying well, let to be me, witty. Let or- me
0: complicate it by saying, instead of saying yes or no or up or down to any of the things that I say, you're going to say tango or cash. Tango if you're for something. We are going with some references. Because it's a beautiful dance. It's a wonderful dance. Okay. Uh, wait. Well, I'm thinking
1: Stallone and uh, Kurt Russell tango and cash. Which- is that a movie
0: come on nick help me out tango if you're for something because it's a wonderful dance cash if you're against it because who carries cash anymore
1: right like like balboa rambo we're going with those kind of references uh sure okay tango if you're for it. cash if you're against it you have it my friend okay cash if you're i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up great you know, there's no. Is there a penalty of some kind?
0: Yeah, I'm keeping score over here. Okay, I just never uh, tell the person right. what the well, score is. You, the
1: uh, you, well, you had my uh, my wife on the show as long I did. As, as long as I beat her score, then we, then we're good.
0: Oh, is it a competition? Of course, great. It's always a competition. <laughs> I am hoping she's listening. Huh. Perfect. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Tango or Cash? We're gonna we're gonna cash. Yeah, the Hedgehog, uh, yeah, both in the movie and the video game form there's just I, I don't I never
1: I was more of a he's not Nintendo right he is Sega okay so the Sega so I, Genesis growing up I was uh, I had a Nintendo yeah so I never had a Sega uh, so I never really played it and the fact that they're making a movie ha- is completely irrelevant to me I
0: don't the
1: well, as well might as well make another save. Footloose movie you I also just don't, don't have
0: uh, younger kids anymore so you're not going to see a lot of the kids movies I would assume no
1: we I mean uh, my kids are 10 and 13 okay um so we we still watch animated movies yeah together as a family uh so but they don't play video games i've never been heavy into video games uh and i just don't really care about sonic
0: the hedgehog what about hedgehogs in general i don't because we have a lot of hedgehog listeners
1: uh they you know in new jersey where i grew up they didn't yeah. have a lot of hedgehogs oh. running around huh. so i don't have a lot of reference okay to go back to so. great let's move on
0: driverless okay. cars Tango Driverless cars. Yeah,
1: that's a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tango just because I'm trying to believe the hype. Are you an early adopter typically for technology? It depends on what it is. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm gonna wait for you know them to kill a bunch of people before
0: I get in one. You're not jumping in a self-driving car right
1: now. No, I mean maybe around the parking lot. I might go to Target, but I'm not gonna go get, get on a highway and drive around.
0: In a self driving okay. car. So if Target's on I four. If Target, sent, if Target sure. sent a car to pick you up to take you to Target mm-hmm. and it was self driving. With no driver. With no driver. <sighs> I might try it. Target's okay. pretty close to my house. <laughs>
1: Very nice. Yeah. There's, there's not so much all that much can happen between my house and Target. So I might try Target.
0: I like that idea now. because we're not getting uh, you know, good uh, what do you call it? Public transportation around town. So why not have the corporations just do it and create their own buses? Right. They will only go to your house and their business. Okay. What do you think about that?
1: I think that you mean self-driving.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, self-driving that's, buses to take you to consumer oriented places. I just, I need to see it more,
1: see it on a bigger scale. A, a couple of years ago, what, maybe six, seven years ago, when I first started hearing about it, there were some people in my inner circle that were promising me that all the big cities in five years were gonna be taken over by self driving cars, Ubers and Lyfts were gonna and, and mm. that was gonna you weren't gonna own a car in five years. Who do you hang out with
0: that makes all these predictions?
1: Well this was in uh when I was working in in uh, in the technology field. Oh okay. Um so I was working at a startup so there was a lot of people that, that were in in that technology. Like
0: they were in the know. Yeah. 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 So, and now you know they were not.
1: Well, I was just not convinced. Um, and Neither was anyone else, apparently. Yeah, and it, they, they said not only would I not have a, a car in five years, they said my kids would never own or drive a car. Hmm. Uh, and my kids aren't that young. They're not like babies. Yeah. Uh, my daughter will get her license in a year or so, two years. So, yeah, they're going to drive cars. And, and and I was skeptical then, but I'm like, okay, okay. You know I, I, I can't be that old guy that's just rigid in my old thinking you know I have to I'm like okay maybe that'll happen like let's see maybe it's you have let's. to be a
0: different old guy
1: uh well apparently that old guy was right because because yeah. I, I still have
0: a, my car and can I just talk to that old guy for a second on the we, side? Yeah, yeah yeah hey hey Fred
1: hey, hey. old Fred well hey Hey, young Nick. Are you young Is this?
0: No, no. No. I am Well we've established uh, we that you're six months our, younger than me. Yeah, so. should we have our like our old personas talk to each other? We could. Uh, I don't know if I could talk in anything other than my old persona. Good point. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next thing. Okay. As a storyteller yourself, mm-hmm. zombies. Tango or cash?
1: I'm I'm gonna have to go cash. Really? Yeah. You're not a care?
0: fan of any of the movies, any of the books. I thought I liked Zombieland. Yeah.
1: Uh, Shaun of the Dead was fun. It's you know, com- it,
0: more on the comedy side. It
1: can be done fun. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if tra- somebody's trying to do something different with it, but it's just way overdone. I mean, you're not a horror you know, fan at all. If they if they make. 25 movies about hedgehogs this year other mm-hmm. than sonic you'd be like wow why are there so many hedgehog movies but like people I make a bunch be. of zombie movies and everybody's just like oh great another zombie movie it's yeah. just i don't i don't understand why people just keep you know zombies vampires it's just it's not really my thing i mean great if you want to do that great do you have a favorite
0: undead type of undead like are you more on the ghoul side i don't know i don't no. 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 Okay. I like. I like.
1: I like the living. <laughs> I like the living.
0: They're scary enough. They're yes. They can yeah. be
1: very intimidating. <laughs> Even if they don't want to eat your brain, they can be very, very intimidating.
0: Uh, from New Jersey originally. Yes, sir. Moved down here. How long ago? Uh, just past 21 years. Oh, nice. So, how do you feel, Tango or Cash, about the beach? Yeah, I'll go.
1: I'll go tango. Tango. Okay. I don't go to the beach enough. Uh, And I lived uh, about the same distance in New Jersey from the ocean, about, you know, 45, 50 minutes or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, And I didn't go to the beach a lot in New Jersey.
0: Um, My understanding is it's colder up there. So there's a lot less reason, a lot fewer reasons to go.
1: You actually, most of the places in New Jersey, you have to pay to get on the beach too. Really? Which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah new jersey's got some weird things going on
0: you to, uh, that's they, my
1: understanding they won't let you pump your own gas um yeah. which i thought was fine when i grew up there and started started driving that you just i grew, grew accustomed to pulling up and some guy would come out and ask me how much i wanted and he'd put gas in my car but what living down here for so long and then i was just there in uh january i went there for a vacation um and I pulled up, uh, and I was in a hurry because uh, we were about to go to New York that day. I was putting gas in the car, and I just pulled up, and I just jumped out of a car and started like putting gas in my own car. And this attendant came running out in a panic. He's like, "What, what are you doing? What are you doing? What can yeah. I help you?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, sorry. I know how to do this. Yeah, it's not this a big is something deal.
0: That is typically done."
1: But it's like he was. It was weird. It was like I have to. Like I'm a skilled gas station attendant i need to pump your gas sir like what are you doing out of your car it was it was and it's to say like he takes my credit card he swipes it like i would swipe it like it's not like they're it's like a weird technology that i don't understand uh
0: so I yeah think i was up there and somebody told me that it was because they were concerned about uh static electricity
1: Yet it's very dangerous.
0: Yeah, that it could cause a spark and then set everything off. With
1: with our beards, we should be very concerned about
0: that. I'm always concerned about static electricity from my beard. But this is – I'm serious. That was why they told me that they are the only ones allowed to pump gas.
1: That's silly. Uh, I think Oregon has the same thing going on. That's strange. Those two cities. Uh, but anyway, I don't know how we got off track from the beach. I don't go to the beach enough. Okay. Uh, and every time I go to the beach and I walk out and there's the ocean and you can't see the other side. You just see the horizon uh, and you hear the, the, you hear the, the, the waves and stuff. As soon yep. as I walk out there and see that, I'm like, damn, I don't go to the beach enough. This is wonderful. And then I sit out there, I'll, I'll jog on the beach or meditate or whatever. And, and I'm thinking I'm going to start going to the beach more and, and then you don't, and then I just don't. Do you go in the water? At times, yeah. Okay. I usually, I won't go in the water necessarily by myself, but if I'm there with the whole family and everybody's getting in, I'll get in.
0: So if there's other people around you, there's, you well, know, your odds of getting eaten are lower. <laughs> That's when you go in.
1: Uh, I don't know that I consider getting eaten. eaten. I just probably wouldn't go in unless, because the, you know, the old guy syndrome again, unless mm-hmm. somebody like, you know, the kids are like, come on, get in. And then I'll like have to get in because I have to act like I want to participate
0: I don't think that's old guy syndrome. I think that's just who you are. It's po- probably I, okay. There's not a lot, lot I would do.
1: Yeah, if left to my own devices. Yeah, um, just kind of hang if, out and read. Know, if and... I lost cut ties with everybody in my life and I didn't need muddy money, I would probably just sit and stare and just sit on the beach, surf on it. No, I don't yeah. even know that I would make it to the beach. <laughs> it would be it, yeah. I I fight my my
0: hermit. Um, tendencies tendencies all the time all right i think we all do on some level or another right Uh, how do you feel about sleep tango or cash
1: uh well i would like to say tango but because i don't get a lot of sleep because i have an overactive brain yep um i'm gonna say tango because i like sleep a lot is that what we're we're saying about life yeah yeah do you like
0: sleep i love sleep okay you don't get enough i don't get enough do you I love feel sleep. like sleep is your enemy sometimes? No. No? No. Okay,
1: you're being working awake, on a project. Being awake too long is my enemy. The, oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of the other side of it. But yeah. Yeah, that can be my en- enemy. But once I finally get the sleep, no, that's that's.
0: But are you ever working, friends. you're working on a project, you're a creative guy, you're working on a project, you don't want to stop. Right. And so sleep then becomes, is it a luxury or is it the enemy?
1: That's a good, that's, oh, sorry, I pumped the mic uh that's huh, that's a good perspective Mm -hmm. because there have been times uh and i think back to when i was working on my documentary and um my kids were really young they were like a baby six months old and my daughter was like three and i was working a full-time nine to five job and i was working you know freelance part-time on the weekends so and my schedule was pretty hectic uh, and the only time I had to work on my documentary was when finally everybody would go to sleep at night. Uh, and, I, and I was up six o'clock in the morning. So, you know, everybody go to sleep, maybe nine, eight thirty, nine yeah. o'clock. The so babies would, would go down and I'm yeah. like already really tired. I'm like, well, I guess I have to be up until twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning because this is the only time I have to work on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess in, in when 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 those times happen, sleep becomes a little bit of the enemy because you kind of need it. Because you can't even function anymore. Um, Yeah. I don't know how deep to go with that. Yeah. Because I'm a little tired. I can't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is early and you
0: didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Micro naps. Did you see what I did? When I play the next song, you can take just a quick nap. Cool.
1: I just wanted to make sure you saw what I did there. It was nice. Because we were talking about sleep, lack of sleep. And Monday morning, I did a whole... That was a professional move. I, don't think, yeah, you're, I yeah. don't think you're giving it enough credence.
0: No, no, no. I think really talking about it and pointing it out, though, okay, really makes it even more subtle. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. So nice. Thank I you. Pr- I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, cursive. The writing style, not the uh, band. How do you feel about that? Tango or Cash?
1: I'm going to go. I don't. These are hard to answer because I'm going to go Tango. But it's not like I walk around and writing cursive
0: all the time. Sure. I mean, it's
1: not that I'm giving seminars about how we should not get rid of cursive. Well, why don't you? Uh, maybe I should have. I mean, this. that was the
0: first thing that came to mind for you. Maybe that was a gut reaction and you're you're telling yourself you're tired, like truths are coming out, stuff is bubbling up to the surface that normally wouldn't. Right. In a, you know, a normally rested brain. Right. And so, yeah. Cur- so well, yeah, cur- when I, is I'm your gonna... first seminar about cursive going to be?
1: Uh, right now, yeah, don't. I'm gonna work on it right now. Uh, cursive is it's it's a it's a lazy way of writing because you are just like I, I, like I don't even feel like p- picking up the pen. I'm just gonna leave it down. That's I'm just a good point. Uh, my hand is so tired I'm just gonna leave it down when, and just scribble the whole time.
0: Whenever I've seen cursive, I think to myself somebody somebody is super lazy. yeah that writer like, like you oh can't pick gosh. up
1: the pen between letters. Yep. Really? You just have to... It's just,
0: just keep it, going.
1: It has. It, it was developed by somebody with a very weak wrist. They just, they just couldn't lift <laughs> it up, so they just had to keep it down the whole time. I
0: never thought of it that way. Yeah. Thank you for... But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. For I'm shedding light it on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, back uh, considering how lazy we are... Yeah. I think, just, uh, I think we position could... It, look, it's all about positioning it and marketing it and branding it the right way.
1: I'm going to do all the science on how much time you can save by not picking up your your wrist between letters. I love it. Cursive.
0: I love it. Like, I'm you in. could make a business case for it.
1: I am. And yeah. and uh, kids today, here we go uh, dating ourselves. Kids today uh, almost don't even because have any... Because there's need- kids today? Yeah, there's children today. There's always been kids. They're so young, they don't even understand what cursive is. I can actually go to them and tell them I developed cursive like, do you think like I'm should, the one that invented it your, and I'm going to teach that to them
0: you're Fred C. Zara yeah Fred cursive Zara Fred cursive yeah, they named Zara. it after you they named it it's my it, <laughs> I, I developed a new do way do you of think learning. kids should learn cursive
1: yes I do okay I mean to be all, all serious I think yeah. they do I mean historic documents are written in cursive they should sign their name in cursive it's like it's silly that we talk about not doing it it's just I don't know but again I'm an old guy so. I'm not that old, ladies and gentlemen, if it, if, I, of please, the audience. I'm not, I'm not that old. I'm, I'm painting a picture of, uh, you know. So the, Get the, off of Obi-Wan. one my lawn. Also, Kenobi. I'm six
0: months younger than you. Right. Yeah, so I appreciate that. All right, let's go to technology once more. Okay. Uh, they just started this up in Orlando. The crowd share scooters that are downtown, the electric scooters that you can rent with an app and just ride around.
1: Definitely going to go tango here. Okay. I rode one. It's funny. This is uh, so odd. Um, Is it? Well, it's odd because I saw um, I saw the play Talk Radio on Saturday. and Now I'm on your Talk Radio show. And I just re- uh, rode one of those scooters for the first time two days ago. I, did, I mean, they've been around for a long time. And I finally first well, rode one. Well, they just one, got into Orlando
0: br- last month. Oh, uh, have they? Yeah. Well, they had the bikes. They had the bikes. Okay, um, which um, and I've the never scooters ridden. have been around other cities. Like I saw them in Tampa back over the summer, I think. Um, right. but they've been, they've definitely been around, but Orlando just recently got them.
1: Okay. Cause there was one out in front of my house. Yeah. Uh, so we just, uh, my wife put the app on her phone real quick and we're going up and down the street and then I'm, and I'm like, this is, this is wonderful. So yeah, I'm going to go tango.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so would you ride one around downtown Orlando? Would no. you ride one just basically up and down your street for fun? Just for fun. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not, recreational I'm not, scooting.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I would want to do it around traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's hard, it's hard enough to not die on these roads
0: when you're in a car. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, tiny houses. Tiny houses. Is this
1: tango okay? Tango or cash? Tango
0: or a, uh, I'll go tango. No, I'm just saying random things.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll go tango. Uh, okay. a, a good friend of mine, uh, Brandon, just moved into uh, what would be considered a tiny house, mm-hmm. uh, and it's lovely. Uh, if I was a single man without without any children and on my own, I would live in a small, tiny little
0: space. You lived in Jersey for a while, I would imagine, mm-hmm. at some point on your own. Did uh, you have no, a tiny no. apartment up there? No, uh,
1: I li- I lived with uh, my ex girlfriend, and we had an apartment, one bedroom apartment. It wasn't tiny; it was it was a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, you know, it wasn't tiny. It was a it was huge one-bedroom apartment. What was your average one-bedroom apartment.
0: 800 square feet? Yeah. Yeah. About eh, that? That's close. That's close to a tiny yeah. home. Probably about twice the amount of space.
1: Well, if that's considered tiny homes, then I've lived in tiny homes my whole life. There you go. <laughs> um, tiny homes, I'm thinking,
0: you know, this room. Uh, Yeah, more like 300, 400 300, square 300, feet. 300, 400 square feet, yeah. yeah. But uh, 800 square feet for two people is, I would consider, a tiny
1: home. Well, then I've... But the house I grew up in was was maybe eight hundred and fifty square feet. Yeah, one bathroom, uh, with uh, up two parents and five kids. Or, oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, three kids. So five people all together with one yeah. bath. Yeah, so pretty tiny house. Yeah, right? that's tiny.
0: Yeah. So do you have a lot of? I mean, I know you have as a filmmaker, you have probably a lot of equipment and stuff. Do you have a lot of other things that you would need to pare down?
1: No no i feel if i was in a tiny house mm-hmm. uh, other than equipment that i i could i could manage with the bare minimum okay i mean if it was just me now yeah you know we're just you pile on wife and kids now we have all kind
0: of stuff just you uh we have a very special uh birthday today and so i wanted to get your opinion on his films uh michael bay turns 55 today mm. tango or cash and Tango and Cash was not a Michael Bay movie. Like, uh, name some Michael Bay movies. Uh, Armageddon. Okay. Bad Boys. Bad Boys Two. Uh, anything with explosions. Okay. Transformers. Well, uh,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say visually mm-hmm. Tango, content,
0: Cash. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So all the uh, he does a lot visually. Yeah. they're really so, mu- often- so much,
1: so much, so in in a lot of uh, editing programs um, and color correction programs, they have a Michael Bay look that you can select uh, when you're as like
0: a filter, as like a filter, as yeah. a preset. It's like
1: this this blue sort of
0: blue yellow yeah. sort
1: of Michael Bay look,
0: and just all of a sudden people are getting up in slow motion and all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah,
1: but right. the, the content wise, I'm not a big Michael Bay guy. I'm, well, so, I'm a- sorry
0: if that offends you no no not at all i mean he's a big listener yeah so hopefully he doesn't i mean and it's his birthday and it's his birthday well happy birthday well yeah i mean if you wanted to say something nice about him you could have but uh well i think i already ruined it now i guess so all right last question for now cobbler the dessert not the person who fixes your shoes
1: i have uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say cash because really yeah i don't i i haven't had a lot of cobbler in my my day
0: and it hasn't been a good experience, I take it? I can't even
1: remember ever having it, good or bad, so I'm oh, just going to okay. have to go with cash. What is your
0: dessert of choice?
1: It has to have chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I, I'm not a big dessert guy anymore, uh, but if I'm going to have a dessert, it's going to have to have a, uh, a chocolate element of some kind. Usually now, now I just have a little dark chocolate here and there.
0: So you're not a dessert person anymore. What happened?
1: Well, I got old and... The more dessert I had, I started feeling and looking bad. So I had to stop eating dessert. Oh, okay. That's how yeah. it works. That's how
0: <laughs> so in six months, I'll catch up to you. So I'll stop eating dessert.
1: Good. Yeah. That makes you sense. got about six more months. So All right. load up the cobbler.
0: <laughs> uh, Fred, people can learn more about you at fredzara.com. That's Z A R com. They can follow you on Facebook. You're also on the Instagram and the Twitter. And then uh, one thing I want to note before we take a quick break here, and we'll talk about it a little more later, uh, your newest film, your third feature film, The Suicide of James Ryder, is that going to be something we can see soon? I know it's doing the circuit of film festivals right now, but when would we be able to see that?
1: Uh, well, we are pretty much wrapped up yep. film festival-wise. Oh, okay. Uh, and I signed it with a distributor. Uh, and we are looking at, um, they're trying to get it out by late r- April, oh, uh, but but more likely uh, early May it will be available for all the, the goodies to buy. Uh, I'm not f- sure on all the channels, but, you know, likely Amazon and yep. uh, DVD and streaming and different places. Wonderful.
0: Uh, and I'll, I'll make an announcement
1: as soon as I have a little more details. Okay.
0: So follow Fred and you can see more about that. You can see the trailer now, obviously, for... Uh, that movie online and we'll learn more about it in a little bit. Let's play a song first, the velvet underground with after hours on WPRK winter park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree.
2: If you need a little pick me up a little more pep in your step, go to your podcast provider and subscribe to your daily dose with Bob and Nick. The Bob in the show is Bob Kajas an improv host and teacher at Sat Comedy Lab, and a motivational speaker and organizational coach. The Nick in the show is the same Nick as this show, so you already know someone there. Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday, five times a week, and every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show.
0: The Velvet Underground, on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you are listening to a certain degree. That was after hours from their self-titled album. Good morning, my name is Nick. I am back here with Fred Zara. Are you sure it's not Zara? I mean, you've been I'm saying sure. it for longer than I have. I
1: am pretty sure. Oh, um, it depends on who you ask. Okay, uh, great. But yeah, I mean, my family has always said Zara, Zara. Um, it this- sounds more
0: New Jersey when you say it that way.
1: Yeah, I am sure. Th- I am sure there is no right way or wrong way. The store you know, the, the clothing store or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is pronounced Zara. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you say a, a female's name with an S? How would you say that name? Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. So how would you put a Z in front of you? Suddenly you wouldn't
0: say Zara. Zara. Oh, yeah. like take this S off and put a Z instead. Dad. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, Zara. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Tara. I thought you meant put an S with the Z for some reason. I wasn't sure. Like almost a reverse plural of Zara.
1: Uh, No, no, no. It's just it's it would be pretty much the same thing. Sarah, Zara, Tara, but Hera, Hera. The original there was an A in front of it originally. It was Azara. Oh, neat. Um, But the A got dropped, and then half the family is typical italian story half the family kept the z half the family changed, changed it to back. something else it's, yeah so is it a Hatfield
0: field and mccoy type of situation it's pretty much the same thing yeah, yeah. you guys exactly are fighting the same thing fighting with each other uh-huh like a feud a fa- literal family feud a not little, the the, the yeah. game
1: yeah and they live next door to each other in, in a row house when my dad was growing up uh so my dad's father and my dad's uncle came here from italy uh, and they lived next door to each other in an attached row house, um, and they both had an, an ungodly amount of children. Yeah. My dad's family was thirteen, uh, and I oh, forget like how many uh, his uncle was. So they had, you know, they had this little <laughs> row house between these two houses. Uh, one side of the family was a Zara, and they, there was a bunch of kids, and half of them didn't speak English. And, and then the other side was my dad's side, which was Zara. And then after one of after the father died. They wanted to change their name back from Azara to Zara because that they, they thought that that was the original. It was and then they argued about it. It was a whole thing. <laughs> uh and I still don't think that my dad knows precisely <laughs> precisely what the original name was. Uh although other people in the family are pretty adamant that it was Azara originally. That is funny. Yeah.
0: It's a family is so funny. It's so funny. Oh my it? gosh. It just warms your heart. Yeah. I was gonna say something else there uh well so fred let me ask you about a couple of things here so just kind of storyline wise music yes sir. was something you were into when you were super young mm-hmm. traveled and travails with a punk rock band yes sir um and i tried to find some of it online but it's pre-internet i think yeah
1: no well no there actually is um it's on soundcloud i think oh is it I think th- I so think prisoners I of war is the Person- name of the
0: band. Prisoners of war was the yeah. name of the band,
1: and I believe I put when I when I did the movie, I did a movie, a documentary, yeah, uh, that highlighted uh, my old punk rock days. Uh, and when I released that movie, I also also uh, released a little CD at the time. This was ten years ago now, um, and just just what was it? Ten tracks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I put those ten tracks on uh, SoundCloud a few years back too. So, it, it's out there, I think, if you search for it.
0: What? So, something going back that far, I mean, you were, you know, in your teens when you did that, correct? Yeah, yeah I was uh,
1: between 14 and 17.
0: When you look back at something like that, um, you know, your past work, whether it's music or movies or writing or whatever it is, you know, sometimes do you feel like what's the range of emotions that? you feel when you're listening back to something like that does it take you back to that time and you're happy about it are you nitpicking it and thinking about all the things that could have been done better what happens when you're looking at that stuff well that's the interesting thing about
1: punk rock is that the 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 flaws are pretty much what makes it punk rock (laughs) you know um so I, i certainly don't look back and say like wow you know they're I messed up a little bit there. We should have redid that track, and that that was part of what made it great. Um, but, sh- but certainly, when I l- listened back to some of this stuff, and when I did the, the the documentary, I was looking through old footage and stuff like that. It brings you back a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'm certainly not going to find myself in a mosh pit right now. <laughs> uh, that that would be a, a pretty We're sad. Literally, visual. right
0: now uh, at probably, the radio station, probably definitely anytime not. soon.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely not right now. I don't see, I don't No, There's no mosh pits around. Yeah, so I mean, we could do, a, we could get some people. We could get want. together and yeah. Yeah. Your son was over there. He'd probably be in. Yeah. 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 Uh, however, when I do listen back to the music, it does bring up some of those old feelings and mm-hmm. emotions and you start like, I'm like, yeah, like you start feeling it and visualizing yourself. I'm like, yeah, I would, I would stage dive right now, but obviously <laughs> I'd have to, once it gets to that point, I have to turn it off because bad things can happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. stage diving, yeah. especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, punk rock is very much known for its DIY ethos. Yes, sir. So the idea of you transitioning into an independent filmmaker, mm-hmm. having to wear all the different hats that you have to wear in order to get something made, um, and that is writing, directing. Not only that, but also you know acting in it in some cases, uh, which I think you've done. Not mm-hmm. in in uh, in smaller roles. I think especially in yes. James
1: Ryder. Smaller stuff. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but also raising the money for it mm-hmm. and figuring out ways to get stuff done on a tight budget and uh scheduling a lot of people. I would imagine that while you have had help you're pretty much doing everything yourself right um and so the question would be did punk rock help you know you get ready for that, or was it sort of this was punk rock and it's self contained over here, and then this is filmmaking
1: no, I would definitely credit um the punk rock scene and uh, being a part of the punk rock scene with what I was, what I've been able to accomplish in any, any part of my life, but uh, specifically, you know, the, the, the independent film scene, um, because it, that mentality of first, first of all, you know, do it yourself, but also like, you're just not going to stop me. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't really care if you like this. I'm not doing this for your approval. I'm not doing this to like grow an audience cuz when I was in the punk rock um you know this was this was pre 90s uh we the, the band this specific band was together around 1987 to 1989 19, 1989ish so this was uh if you for a frame of reference this was before you know Nirvana hit yep. you know MTV and for those who don't know that, that that was a big turning point you know you didn't see that kind of music, ripped jeans, anarchy symbols. You didn't see that stuff on MTV, you know. And then suddenly 5 years later, Britney Spears or, you know, whatever is wearing a CBGB shirt, you know, even though she didn't really know what that was, but it was a <laughs> it was a style it thing became, at that point. It yeah, became it iconic, became okay yeah. to do that. Yep. But, you know, pre all of that stuff when 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 we were doing it, it it wasn't it not only was it not acceptable, like we would walk down the street and get stuff thrown at us, you know uh certainly in school, there was a lot of bullying and fighting so and and I'm talking about in New Jersey too, where like if you do anything outside the norm in New Jersey. Uh, you know, people are gonna give you a hard time about every, everything's like you know mm. you come to you come to school with a new haircut even if it's not a punk rock haircut a new a new haircut everybody's like oh look at Nick Nick thinks he's a big shot with that new haircut look hey, hey. at Nick Nick's are calling people over look at Nick Nick Nick's a, is a superstar look at the superstar over here so you really have to hold to your guns in New Jersey when you're doing something that you know people are, it's gonna, are draw, gonna draw attention yeah. to you and uh so that attitude definitely fueled me getting into the independent film business and and saying like you know I have this story to tell and I'm going to do it no matter what I'm not going to you know I'm not going to sit around for 10 years trying to find in, uh, investors or trying to attach talent I'm just going to go out there and do it and if it comes out a little crappy or rough around the edges I don't really care
0: at least it's getting done so getting no d- didn't necessarily stop you because of the experiences that you had yeah yeah,
1: you grow you grow a little bit of a
0: tough skin. Let me ask you about the you know the idea of taking your time or putting out something. Um, so we often I, I think the phrase is "perfect is the enemy of good" or something along those lines. When it comes to producing your own music or independent filmmaking, you're like at some point you just have to pull the trigger. Maybe yes. you're not going to get everything that you specifically mm-hmm. wanted uh, in it. Maybe you're not going to get the full budget that you wanted or. Um, you know, the special effects, The you won't be able to fix things in post, but you can get 90% of the way right. there. Um, was there ever a time where you were like, uh, this has to be just a little bit better, or you were, I have to do this so I can get better at it, and then I can go on to the next one and it'll be even better?
1: Well, I I always want to improve. Mm. Uh, I, I always want what I'm working on to be, in some ways... Better than the last thing that I did, Uh, but having that said, uh, I'm also uh, I feel incredibly passionate about the fact that you have to put the the paintbrush down at some point Um, because I know myself personally. We talked about that I I could be a a bit of a hermit, (laughs) Uh, and I know myself that uh, that if I work on something too long and I start to lose my passion for it i won't finish it and when you're an independent filmmaker you know you don't have some studio giving you a deadline and you know we need to see dailies by this day and mm-hmm. we, you know we need a locked cut we need we need post done by here we have a premiere date you're doing all that stuff yourself you're keeping yourself accountable and i know myself and if i stretch it out too long and i'm supposed to be the one to keep myself accountable and i lose my passion for the project because when you, you're a When you're a filmmaker and you're you're the director and you edit it, the film that you're editing the film yourself, you see it so much. By the time you're at the end of the process, you're like, I don't even like this anymore. You
0: become kind of blind to it. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so I'm always a little paranoid that if that happens, I will spend the last year working on something and get to the the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to finish this. I don't even like it anymore. So I, I try and get things out of my way as quickly as possible before I lose that passion uh, and if things are not quite perfect, then you know I have to cut a cut a few corners to get it done. I'd rather make sure I get it done and out the door and and ship it to someone and let people see it than risk the fact that I will just can the whole thing and just move on to something else.
0: How do you know when something is done in that case then? if you know you have you have an internal deadline? You need to get something out before you lose interest in it because then it won't go out. So how do you know when something is done? And then with, um, and I'll take writing as an example. So I write a lot online. I can go back and edit that anytime I want. And so I'm almost sometimes afraid to reread something right? because sometimes I'm impressed by what I've read. It's particularly insightful, but more likely than not, I'm going to read it and go, yeah, I need to go in there and edit that because now it doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, and you can do you could do that all day long. How you know? I don't know how you know. And and to be honest, I'm sure I'm wrong most of the time. I'm sure I could go back in and and tweak some things. Uh, I'm sure people would look at some of my films and and think that you know he this could have stood for a couple more rewrites mm-hmm. or the color correction here could have, they could have spent more time on and and they're right they're not wrong. Um, but I always go back to well, I finished it, you know. Um, it's, I was, I was, all, I was on the verge of yeah. like wrapping this up and and being a, because I can't hand it off to anybody. I'm like, at, at that point, I, I'm, 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 I'm not a one man band. I get, a, I get a lot of support and a lot mm-hmm. of help, and thankful for those people. But most of the time, at the end of the post production process, it's all me. Uh, and I and I just, I have to get it. I have to get it out there. I can't. I I don't like things unsettled and undone, and the entire time I'm working on a film project, I just feel a little uncomfortable because <laughs> it's still in process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I I, I want to sleep at the end of the day. So <laughs> one, once I finally lock it and run out the last final files and, you know, do like the little uh, closed caption file and get everything done. Uh, then I'm finally just like, I, I feel better about it. Even if I know there's, there's a couple of elements that, weren't as good as you could could have some
0: reshoots and stuff like that yeah Yeah.
1: Uh, i mean in a perfect world i would be able to take some of those elements and say like you know what Uh, i'm done working on this but you know what nick you do this the color needs a little bit more love in this one scene but i don't feel like doing it anymore but but i'm not i'm not gonna ask you to do that and i i I can't afford to pay you anymore because i ran out of money so it's it's either that or you know it doesn't get done so
0: you've done answer the question yeah absolutely You've done uh, uh, short-length films. Yes, sir. Uh, full-length. Yes. Sir. Uh, you've done documentaries and narratives. Yes. Do you have a favorite? Definitely narrative yeah. over
1: documentary. Really? Um, yeah. Is
0: definitely. that just the because you have the stories rather than – I would imagine documentary is a little bit harder to do because you're trying to do all the research and find things, whereas a narrative you can – you know, take a leap in terms of the fiction of the story.
1: Well, they're, they're harder in different ways for sure. Um, you're definitely more, cons- uh, y- y- time is more of scheduling for narratives is a lot tougher, uh, because you're dealing with, you have to put together, shoot days with large mm-hmm. crews and locations and all kind of stuff like that. Whereas a lot of times documentaries, you're bringing a small crew to like someone's house for an interview. That's not all that hard to set up. Um, but they're hard, They're definitely harder in different ways. But I mean, I've kind of got into telling stories because I fell in love with narrative films um, and I love the craft of acting and I love working and talking with actors. And uh, I never consider myself a director that that, you know, pulls a good performance out of a, a out of a, a an actor. I kind of think that that's that's kind of that's bull. I don't know if I'm okay. allowed to curse. You are not. <laughs> okay. Thank I, I, I kind of think that that's, that's a bunch of garbage. Uh, you don't pull good performances out of actors. You can support them uh, and help them find a good performance. But, you know, um, I... So and you're I,
0: not threatening them with a taser to no. get a good performance no, once, out of them? Once. Once. Okay. And
1: yeah. I I asked you not to bring that up.
0: Yeah. Well, that was with yourself. So that was a really interesting well, way of it uh, worked. motivating it yourself. Worked, right? Yeah.
1: You saw that performance. It was it really was good. brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my, th- I love the whole structure of being, I mean, call it, call it a control freak, but directors are control freaks. Mm-hmm. I love having that control over the whole process, you know, the uh, setting up the, 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 scenes both visually and structurally and, and being able, being able to collaborate with, uh, art direction and actors and, you know, uh, trying to find the best music and all of that stuff,
0: uh, you know. Uh, well, in and in so the narrative, far, they've world. been. I mean, the narrative movies that you've done have been all your stories. Is that right? It, or have it, you they're all elements, with, parts of. Yeah. No, but I mean, you wrote all of them.
1: Uh, the, the, yeah. the the features, yes. The features, yes. Yeah. Um, well, Average Community was the documentary. Yep. Um, and a lot of that, uh, there's a lot of nar- narration, and I wrote that in combination with my brother Chris. Uh, but the two. Um, narrative features that I've done, Read Me and The Suicide of James Ryder, I both wrote.
0: You mentioned acting. So you do act. Uh, you and I have acted together and I saw you at uh, Blackout Jumps, okay. uh, something that Banks Helfrick, a uh, friend of the show, guest, mm-hmm. has, uh, does around town here. Mm-hmm. What came first for you in that sense? Was it acting or was it filmmaking?
1: Um. Well, if you go all the way back to early teens, mm. um so back in back in back in those days, um video cameras weren't, you know, something that everyone had. Back hard in, to get your hands on yeah. and also
0: hard to get your hands on literally because they were so heavy.
1: True, exactly. Um so early in those days in in the 80s, uh me and my brother used to we had a video camera. Oddly enough, we didn't have you know new clothes or food sometimes but well we always we always have food um but we had uh you know we had video cameras like we had hand-me-down video cameras so we were always doing skits and you know little uh little stories and stuff like that back in those days Uh, and i've toyed with acting over the years Mm. um but taking taking it to the next step and actually taking something seriously filmmaking came first uh and then i i started uh, and i've always liked acting but i've always thought, thought that like well i can't do that i can't you know that's actors are kind of i don't understand them mm-hmm. and you know they're you know they i i the, i just separated actors you know quote unquote actors uh from what i could do so i always uh saw myself more as a storyteller and a director um and then the more i got to work with actors on an intimate level, um, I just, it felt more accessible and I wanted it to kind of, I've always wanted to dive into that world anyway. I just, yeah. for some reason thought it's weird when you grow up in New Jersey, there's, there's a lot of things that are just right in front of you that you just think that you, well, you can't do that, that that's not for you. And, and acting was one of those things, you know, you can't put yourself out there. You can't, you know, be vulnerable in that way in front of people. You know, you have to be, you know, your guarded New Jersey self, um. so but then eventually I started taking acting a little more seriously and um, more recently a few years ago I started studying uh, at Class Act Studios and that was kind of eye opening in a lot of ways and so
0: so this is after you're you've already started writing, directing right. doing your own movies and stuff mm-hmm. do you feel like having that background now makes you in a way a better director because now sure. you yeah, have that sure. perspective
1: for sure I, it uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about direct. I don't want to sound pretentious, but I've been in a lot of conversations lately about directing and what makes for a good director and stuff like that. Maybe the Oscars had something to do with that. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about like my technique. People ask, like like what is your technique when you're directing actors? And I, I can't help but think that the, the thing that stands out in my mind the most mm-hmm. about being a, a director, working with actors, are the moments where I've messed actors up because I got too ahead of myself and I tried to be too controlling and I tried to, you know, adhere their the actor to my vision uh and I'm going to I'm going to sculpt this performance exactly the way
0: I want it and, and I have I, it, I, so you have it in your head exactly yeah. the way you want it. Yeah, and I, of course the actor is going to interpret it in some way.
1: Exactly. And yeah. I and I would make the mistake of of doing a line reading for for an actor or I would uh, point out a specific word that that, that I wanted them I, I envisioned them sort of like um, saying that line uh, uh, in a different way or mm-hmm. or emphasizing a certain way of saying it and I would point that out and then in the next few takes I would notice them artificially Enhancing that one word <laughs> that I pointed out. And, and now I can't get it out of them because they're thinking, well, the director wants me to say if yeah. in a certain way. Yep. So now every time they say, like, you know, uh, would you like coffee? Uh, it, it, would you, you know, using the word if in a sentence, now they're just saying it louder in like some weird artificial way. And I'm like, shit, I really just destroyed this whole performance. So the things that stand out to me as a director are the things that I've, that I know I, I need to stay away from you know um and i I feel like the things that i've done well as a director all happen in pre-production and table reads uh and just discussing the characters and motivations and stuff like that and in the day of the shoots it's usually just like you know just trust the actor support the actor and Mm. you know just you you really just need to be the best champion for the actor because it's and being and to answer your question, being on the other side of it as an actor, more so in recent years, I get the sense of like how vulnerable it feels for everyone to be, to there, be looking yeah. at you. You know, a lot of people, you know, they'll see a performance in a film um, and they'll say like, "Oh, I, I could do that," and then they'll maybe go into their bathroom and they'll look at themselves in the mirror and they'll perform some scene. And they'll say, "I can do that. I could be walking." That's
0: where I perform all my scenes,
1: and and it's wonderful. There is such a different thing when you're standing on a set with, you know, 30 crew members, a camera staring at you, everyone, you know, everyone getting set. Uh, And as soon as as soon as someone says action, now you have to jump into an emotion that that's a different there's a there's a different pressure there than standing in your bathroom trying to perform a Joaquin Phoenix scene. You know, it's so uh, and I've gained a lot more respect for that. So as the director, I realized that the biggest thing that you can do is you need to be your actor's biggest fan you need them to understand and it's and it's true it's not just a bunch of baloney that you want them to succeed and they right. can't do anything wrong this is not this is not live theater this is film so do whatever you want and we'll use the stuff that's workable so just, just explore, do, do everything, try everything once, you know, and I, I'm here to, to, to clap and, and, and be your biggest fan. And, and that's what I've realized that the, maybe the best thing that I could possibly do as a director is just let actors know that like, you know, I'm, I'm here, here for you. I'm here for you. I mean, yeah. um, this is, this, I, I, I'm not waiting for you to mess up so I could say, see, you're really not as good as you thought you were, Nick. You know, I'm, I'm, it's the opposite. It's
0: like, you know, we're in this together. All right. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Thank you, Fred. Uh, if you want to learn more about Fred and his directing styles and his choice of scarves, you're wearing a lot of scarves today, which I really appreciate because it was a little chilly out and I felt like I could ask you for one if I wanted. Uh, you can go to fredzera.com. Fred dot com and learn more about them there. Uh, we're already at the end of the first hour. Oh, well, yeah, that was fast. Yeah, I'm a joy to talk to. Uh, let's play a song. This is Branches with Carrie on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree.
2: Every week. That's how often Nick is on the radio with amazing people from around Orlando. There are community leaders and dancers, improvisers and photographers, entrepreneurs and authors, and many, many more. If you like what you're hearing, consider subscribing to the podcast. Or, if you already subscribe, follow the show on social media. If you do both of these things already, don't stop. Believe in. Now back to the show.
0: Kat Ridgeway on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. She is a local musician. She's been on the show twice already and she talks a lot about that particular song that was called giving you up that is coming up on a release of hers an EP release that she'll have in the next couple of months something i would encourage you to do is to go listen to those episodes with her of to a certain degree you can find to a certain degree at to a certain degree.com or on any of the podcast apps and networks please subscribe and listen to amazing local people like Cat Ridgeway, and my guest today, Fred Zara. Good morning, Fred. Morning, Nick. And my name is Nick. Do Nick. I introduce myself at all? Should uh, I? I don't know if you did. Okay. Well, I'm i would
1: Nick. Lo- I would love to hear you say your last name. Drugudio.
0: Drugudio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was it. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad <laughs> we had that little talk. Uh, we have, as we do in the eight o'clock hour, a segment that I like to call Bad Business Ideas, I like to call it because that's its name, and there's a song.
1: Bad
0: Business Ideas, it's time to pick just one, it's gonna be totally legal, we hope it won't hurt anyone, so come on, have some fun. Yes, Bad Business Ideas, if the path to corporate success is a stairway, we're the termites. Here's how it's going to go. I have ideas. I've got schemes. I've got plans. Some are more developed than others. You're here because you're smart. You understand things that I can only imagine, Fred. Like what people would actually be willing to buy, and also laws.
1: I, I'm, I'm the law. I, I represent the law. You're, familiar,
0: you're You're more familiar with laws than I am. Okay. I like to skirt them. You might actually be familiar with them enough that you know what not to do. Okay. So you'll help me determine which one of these two ideas is better, and we'll go out, and by we, I mean you, and find some investors for it. Because obviously, as a successful independent filmmaker, which I don't know if that phrase has ever been used before, um, you know how to find investors. Of course. Okay, great. Fred, may I call you Fred? Yes, Great. Yes. Thanks for for asking. Yes, of course. Robots. True or false? True. True. That's right. They are there. They're already around. They are becoming more self-aware and they will soon turn on us. What are we going to do about that? (laughs) Um, Sorry, I read that wrong. What are we going to do to profit off of that? The fact that they're going to uh, eventually become smarter than us and probably try to eliminate us.
1: Well, we need to start developing a robot that uh that that can fight back.
0: Oh, I like that idea. So we need, also we, need, we can we can do underground bunkers, state of the art defense systems. Um, all of it though, I mean these these robots are gonna be pretty good. You've seen the movies. Good. You've seen the same movies of I course, have. Sure. <laughs> Apparently all twenty years or older, as we referenced earlier. Um, all of it is window dressing when it comes to the rise of the machines. That's why I propose a new company called Windows Dressing. That's right, natural camouflage for our future robot overlords. Dress your Roomba up with a fern, your self-driving car covered in moss, sprouting smartphones. I see it. I see it. No one is scared of plants, but you will be. So the idea is that we're going to do the robots a favor and the AIs a favor by making them a little more acceptable and then that way, their path to victory is quicker. Oh, so we're on the robot side. Oh, yeah. They're going to win. We're just delaying the inevitable.
1: So, but uh, just for argument's sake. Okay. Why are we on the
0: robot side? Because they're going to win. And it, so in theory- if they win, we lose. It, well, we as a species, yes. But if we help them, maybe there's a way we can make a deal with them. Okay. So they keep us around. But they're robots. Yes.
1: So they have. There's. Why would they want to make a deal with us? It's a great question. What could we offer them?
0: Well, and this is where Windows dressing comes in. If we can help them achieve victory more quickly, Mm -hmm. then that's a benefit. So we're so we're almost like spies. We're correct. We're 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 double agents. Double agents. Yes.
1: Working for them.
0: Working for them. Making, uh, I believe, Cypher was the character in The Matrix that mm-hmm. was on the bad guy side. Things did not end well for him, but they could have. Well, what I
1: was going to say is actually, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the new Star Wars movie, there was a double agent. Oh, okay. And you also mentioned uh, Joey Pants in, in The Matrix. Yeah. Um, things don't usually work out well for the double agent.
0: As far as we know... Now, we're just looking at pop culture so far. Right. Well, this,
1: this is as pop culture as you could get. It's pretty Ro- much. Yeah, that's a, really a good,
0: that's a good point. Um, if it's inevitable, okay, let's take it back a step. Okay. Let's pretend that the robots are not going to take over. Let's just pretend that Windows dressing is just there to make electronics and other devices seem more natural. Okay. What do you think about that business?
1: Now we're starting to get somewhere. Okay, great. However, are are you talking about a kind of robot that has emotions? No,
0: no, no, no. I am just talking about whatever robot is around, whatever type of technology is around, we apply, we slap some leaves on it. Which so, sounds a little less interesting than the way I was first saying it. But in a way, you know, like I think a Roomba would look cooler. Like I like the, the robot look. I like those videos of cats sitting on the Roombas and true. running around. But what if it looked like a plant? And what if it had a plant well, on it? Well, that's great.
1: So, see, I, I don't want to argue your idea. Oh. Here. I, don't want to, I don't want to make you feel Well, bad. then you should leave. But uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Because you're here to argue gonna, my gonna, idea. Yeah. But I'm but I'm going to do it anyway. Because now, because because you're going in a different direction now. Mm-hmm. Because now you're talking about something where it's more for us looking at the technology and wanting to make it more uh, natural. cuter, natural. Yeah. yeah. And it's less about the robots feeling like. They feel ashamed of being robots, and they want to blend in more by covering
0: themselves up as a tree. Yeah, it, this is this is. I was th- thinking it was more of a disguise, so it'd be easier to leap out and kill all humans. But yeah, if they're ashamed okay. too, okay. I can't tell what feelings they're going to be feeling when well, they you, become self-aware.
1: Okay, all right. In general, yeah, it's brilliant. Okay, great. It's a brilliant idea, um, and I, I will get. I will hit the streets immediately. Well, well, we then, need to hear, hear another you idea. you got to hear the other
0: idea. And just just as a quick aside, Fred, if you could just not listen to this, uh, future robot overlords, that is still for you and you guys, Alexa, Siri, OK Google. Thank you. Um, OK, yeah. So, Fred, you can come back in. <laughs> OK, I'm back. All right. Now, uh, another thing we need to solve besides how robots will either take over or just look better is the housing crisis. Is
1: this, it's, is this a whole new idea now? This is a whole new idea. OK.
0: So the challenge we have right now is that there's not enough housing, not enough affordable housing. Um, so what we're talking about is urban density and getting more uh, housing in a smaller area. So that's going up. That's creating potentially smaller houses. We mm-hmm. talked about tiny houses in the last hour. And you, that's something that you're for. You're from the New Jersey area. So you're used to you know urban density, I think, a little bit more than Orlando is, where Orlando sprawls, Florida sprawls as opposed to becoming uh, more dense in an urban setting. So Florida has a challenge with urban density, and we have a challenge with keeping up the amount of people that are moving here. Mm -hmm. So uh, instead of building more things, I had this idea because we're right by the the Space Coast. Instead of getting bigger and going smaller, we get even smaller than that. Wearable environments, basically spacesuits that we can live in 24/7. We can just exist in them and go from place to place and sleep wherever we want. Self-contained overwater living apparatus or scowla gear. Scowl, self-contained overwater living, <laughs> so it's just scowl, I guess. Right, okay. Scowl gear. Yeah. So that is the idea behind it. We could also call it enchant suits if you like that name better. Um, so we could provide several uh, different styles of house. You know, the basically house suit, um, almost like a house boat. So you could have, you know, your your northeastern with the porch around it, uh, or you know, your McMansion if you like that sort of uh, fake brick look to it.
1: So would you you just stay in the suit? Yeah. There using the using the restroom would that
0: happen in the suit you would okay so the tagline is is your home and maybe drinking pee wherever you go
1: that's the ta- that's the tagline well it, it needs a little work it, that's yeah, what i'm hoping you can help with we, want, we would probably want to massage the tagline a little great bit. um i'm not against it okay i think we're on, on we're on a good path um See, we we live in a society where things um, we're always trying to protect people, right? Yeah, and I think we can make this even even more in- interesting if we can maybe put put in an element of we guarantee that nothing bad will happen to you in this suit. You know, because you feel because like now, we can guarantee that. Well, I mean, nowadays you know you have to wear a bike helmet. Uh-huh. You know, um, oh, the kids. I'm wearing two right now. Right. Kids' playgrounds used yep. to be metal, now they're all plastic, and, and everything's like, God forbid we don't want anybody to get hurt, ever, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Seatbelts, the whole thing. So this suit can also be some sort of suit of armor. A protective layer. Only it's, yeah. Not only is it where you live, but we can guarantee, we'll have some sort of guarantee that, like... So bulletproof, n- knife-proof. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you, you keep, keep you, the temperature, whatever uh, exactly. you want. So you you never have to like if you live in Florida or if you live in Alaska you could you could be seventy two degrees. Good. I like this. Yeah, I mean it's okay. like it's your environment, right? Scowl so you gear. can bring your environment everywhere. Scal gear or enchant suits. Um, uh, what's the second one? Enchants?
0: Enchant suits. Enchant suits. Kind of like pantsuits, but they're enchanting. <laughs> um. Okay. I, kinda I guess, just I, I, like guess pants I'll go suits. with that. Pantsuits are pretty enchanting in general.
1: Uh, urban living environment suit. What is that? What is, what is the ools. word? Ools. Ools. Yeah. How about ools?
0: How about we add, can we add a G at the beginning and then it can be ghouls? Perfect. Uh, yeah. I like that. Global urban living <laughs> environment suit. Because you can go anywhere. Right. With it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now, a difficult choice. You have done very well helping to develop both of these ideas. I think, in fact, to the point I'm... where I love both of them. So, Windows dressing, disguises, robots in disguise, I think is the Transformers tagline, and that's perfect. Uh, or ghouls, global urban living environment suits.
1: Well, let me tell you my, my, my thought process first. Oh,
0: please. The first idea. I'm just glad you have a thought process. <laughs> well, well. You wouldn't just jumping at the first
1: one. You started this whole segment by saying how smart I was, and that I was going to bring the law to the the, yeah. the concept. Um, and I don't know how I op- applied the law in any way, but my my thought process is this: the first idea, while brilliant, benefits the robots. I am not a yeah. robot. Yeah, the that's second a good point. idea, yeah, benefits me. Yes, I want one. Okay, I want to walk around in my environment and drink my pee at all times.
0: I, I think that's exactly... I mean, it's filtered, right? It's filtered, clearly. I, you're going to have to work on the technology here. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going with number two. When you're going to be drinking number one? Yes. Yeah, I got it. Okay, perfect. I love everything about that. Well, thank you. We will get that up and running. We will have a business plan, a website, all of those things. Let's play a song now while we consider just all of the implications uh and this seemed appropriate this is joshua radin with you got growing up to do like a song that you would play after bad business ideas you're listening to wprk winter park florida this is to a certain degree
2: why settle for two dimensions when you can settle for three the beautiful minds at brand knuckles work with podcasters bloggers, Instagrammers, performance artists, Etsy shops, and more to 3D print all sorts of custom work. Check out the latest creations and start a conversation on what you want at brandknuckles.com. Now back to the show.
0: Joshua Radin featuring Patty Griffin on WPRK Winter Park, Florida from the 2008 album Simple Times. That was You Got Growing Up To Do. And uh, that sounds like me good morning my name is nick i do this every week and every week i have a very special guest fred zara is here good morning fred good morning nick thank you so much for waking up early driving all the way out here hanging out for two hours i hope this is as fun for you as it is for me
1: uh honestly though thank you It's a lot of fun okay i would do it every week as a matter of fact. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Nick's new co host.
0: Oh. On uh, to a certain degree. So. Well, let's see about that. I'll tell you what, if you okay. get we're gonna do a pop quiz.
1: Okay, because that was my bad business idea, me being the new co host. Oh, nice. I like it. I think you would
0: make a great co host. Uh, I think you would make a great co host. Wait, did I say okay? I don't know. Host. Just host. Just host. No co. No co. That sounds weird. <laughs> uh do you want to start a podcast? What would you do a podcast on? Oh, I might it, it
1: would end up being a co- podcast about complaining. <laughs> it would just, I mean, whatever, the, whatever I, the theme, I would go in thinking like it's going to be about the world change or peace or filmmaking, yeah. or, and it would just end up being me complaining about something.
0: I'm not sure there's a lot of podcasts about complaining, so that might be a, a niche for you.
1: Well, we definitely would have the audience because people <laughs> like to complain.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, I always have stakes for the pop quiz. Not stakes, you know, E-A-K-S, but A-K-E-S. And so if you can get all five right, okay. uh, you can be my new co-host. Whoa. Four right, we're best friends. That's the usual deal. Four or five right, we become best friends for oh. the next week. For next week. Um, three, we stay at the same level. <laughs> Two, one, or zero, correct. Bitter enemies.
1: Bitter enemies.
0: Bitter enemies. Like I am trying to actively sabotage you.
1: There's no, like, there's Before no, the like next week. we just, we just kind of don't like each other? No, 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 no. It, it goes from, like, we stay somewhat acquainted to bitter enemies.
0: To bitter enemies. Okay. Yeah, that's how it works. So if we come as friends or we become bitter enemies, I need to know your schedule for the week. Okay. I need to know the things that you like. And likewise. And No. I, this, is, this is a one-way street. Okay. I need to know the things you are allergic to. I need to know your phobias. Again, if we're best friends, I want to keep those things away from you. If we're bitter enemies, I might introduce those into your life. Okay. Subtly and to potentially poison your mind or body.
1: Okay. I'm up, up to this challenge. Great.
0: Nick. I'm- well, you know, I don't do the trivia. So the trivia is provided to me by a wonderful trivia master, I guess, is your host, mm-hmm. is the word I'm looking for. Simon Time of Simon Time Trivia uh he provides all of the questions and the answers so you know i'm not going to mess with you
1: do i get to pick a topic no can can it be about about new jersey in the
0: 1970s uh no it cannot because it's probably going to be about movies because that's what i told them that you do well that's that's okay okay great so here we go are you ready i'm ready
3: Hey, hey, Nick. Hey, hey, gang. The listeners of To A Certain Degree. It is I, Simon Time, from the Simon Time Trivia Show. And I've got five questions for you and Fred. Let's begin. Lily Lohan made her film debut in what 1998 Disney movie remake?
0: Just a short 22 years ago. (sighs) Well, she was in that
1: movie where she played twins which i can't remember the title okay uh but it might have been
0: freaky friday freaky friday
3: it was of course a remake of the 1961 film the parent trap the parent originally trap. starring haley mills the parent trap that was very close that was I the that like... was the, the the
1: the twin movie that i couldn't of the title
0: yeah of. i think i should give you half a point for that because oh. you did say twins uh, I, was, I, I
1: was thinking that was the movie But I couldn't think of the title So I threw yeah. Freaky Friday out
0: there you, okay. yeah, you can take the point away okay. I, I can handle it Fine You still have a chance at Best Friends You're not going to be co-host Well Maybe Next Life
3: Question number two Who directed the 1980 horror film The Shining
1: um, I believe that was Michael
3: Bay
0: No
1: That was the, the great Stanley Kubrick
3: that is Mr. Stanley Kubrick, guys.
0: So, as a director, yourself favorite directors? Like, you love all of the movies by X, Y, Z. I love certain
1: styles, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Of of uh, certain directors, uh,
0: Martin Scorsese being one of them. Yeah, a big one. Uh, being from New Jersey, that's a surprise. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes movies about Italian people from out
0: north. So, okay, one up, one down.
3: Continuing on, Kiss Me Kate and 10 Things I Hate About You were two films based on what Shakespearean comedic work.
1: Kiss Me Kate. What Shakespearean yep. comedic It was work. a comedy.
0: Yep. So that narrows it down to, he only wrote like I know. three comedies. Is what I understand.
1: I'm going to say much ado about nothing.
0: And Kevin Bacon wrote the rest, right? Shakespeare. No. No. (laughs)
1: Well, that was my answer. Do you want to
0: guess again? So hang on. It was Kiss Me Kate, but also 10 Things I Hate About You. (sighs) Comedy. Shakespeare. No. Okay. No.
3: (laughs) That answer is The Taming of the Shrew. Ah.
0: All right. Is that a comedy? I don't even know. We're, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Uh, we're well into bitter enemy territory. This is good. Oh, okay. okay, here we go. All right.
3: Question number four. Let's talk about athletes in films, and I use the word film loosely for this one. What now-retired NBA player starred in the 1996 dumpster fire of a movie called Kazam. Um,
1: not to be confused with Sinbad in the movie that actually never existed that is Shaquille O'Neal oh yeah local
0: favorite question mark
3: that
1: is Shaq Shaquille O'Neal do you know you know what I'm referencing
0: there Uh, Sinbad the movie or Sinbad the actor slash comedian someone
1: someone once mentioned like Shaquille O'Neal made this movie you know uh, Shazam no Kazam 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 And then also said, do you also remember the movie Sinbad made at the same time called Shazam, where oh, he also no. played a genie? Oh, good Lord. In w- in which case I said, yeah, I think I do remember that. Well, it turns out that that movie never actually existed. But when someone poses that question to you, for some reason you develop some weird memory of oh. seeing Sinbad as playing a genie as well
0: did they incept you with sinbad it's like the berstein
1: bears thing you know like uh, in a different universe maybe that that actually existed yeah yeah
0: i like that yeah well and it's i mean it is hollywood right they're going to make a movie competing movies all the time yeah, it's not like
1: it's beyond the scope of uh, the, right if
0: there's an asteroid heading towards earth movie there's going to be two of them that's right. how it usually works yes yeah and if there's going to be a genie movie, there's going to be two of them. Clearly Sinbad would be the guy. Uh, You have two right. You have two wrong. Oh, Lord. So what we're going to end up here is bitter enemies or same level of friendship. Okay. Now you could just bag it if you just want to be bitter enemies. (laughs) But I'm still going to need all that information about you.
3: And finally, our last trip through the movies. What now retired NBA player appeared in the 1980 movie Airplane, and was also trained in martial arts by Bruce Lee.
1: That's a bunch of cake. That is the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Let's see if you're correct. Are you a big uh, basketball fan? Uh, a little bit of a basketball fan, but yeah. also big fan of the
3: movie. Oh yeah. The answer is, of course, the retired and iconic Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those were your questions and answers. Fred, Nick, we will catch you guys next week here on To a Certain Degree. Have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you, Simon Time. You can catch him at facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia for more about where he's going to be around Orlando doing trivia. He also has a podcast where he does trivia. If you like trivia, not if you're trivial, you should listen to that. So thank you, Fred. We are. We're going to stay at the same level. Friends. Slash acquaintances. Okay. Slash okay acquaintances, but I still need Good to give you all this information. I don't need it now. Okay. I mean, I'm curious. What are you scared of? What's uh, like your biggest scared? Fear?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that I have anything that I'm
0: scared of. Do you like clowns? They're fine. Okay. Zombies?
1: No, well, not really. But they're mm. fine. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm scared of zombies? All right. We'll continue working on this. Let's listen to a song. This is the Mutual Admiration Society. Sake of the World on WPRK Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree.
2: Podcasting is easy to do if you know what you're doing. When you're ready to get started, visit toacertaindegree.com for tips and tricks from someone who has been doing it a while, Nick. I'm not saying that he's old, but he is. In podcasting years. And actual years. That's to a com. Now back to the show
0: the Mutual Admiration Society with Sake of the World on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. I feel like we have a little Mutual Admiration Society going this morning. My name is Nick. I have Fred Zara here as my special guest this week. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Nick. Would you say the admiration goes b- both ways? For sure. For oh, sure. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Always- I loved it. I, I can't get over the, the business ideas. They're, they were They were perfect. They are perfect. I really want a suit. I'm, I'm not joking. Well, here's the thing. And I think this is part of the glory that is bad business ideas. Since we actually broadcast these ideas out into the world, you're going to have to do them even faster because right.
1: now, now the, in the, the,
0: theory, people the are out there listening, out. writing these down and going, okay, I'm going to do this before Fred has a chance to. Mm-hmm. Also, you're legally obligated by being on the show to do them.
1: Yeah, I saw st- oh, the paperwork I signed on yeah, the way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. Very nice of you. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm in. I'm okay. all in. I will. I will have you in a suit by the end of the year. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. That is that is my pledge to you. I like that. Live I on think we just
0: have a commercial of you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> These are spokesman and our head you. scientist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Fred, you have a lot going on though. So, uh, you have the release of your new movie mm-hmm. uh, in the next few months. I would imagine you're already working on one, two, seven, eight, nine other projects already. Uh, what's going on with you, you know, um, I, I guess, let me ask you this. So the suicide of James Ryder is your most recent, uh, feature film. It's yes. your third out of, uh, all the feature films that you've done. Uh,
1: right. I've only done three feature films. So it's your well, third. personally, I've only, uh, of my films, I've only done three,
0: three features. Um, what is the process cuz we you know we think about the movie getting done you edit you do all of these things and we i do want to talk a little bit of the nitty gritty of how it got started too but at the end of it um you know what happens you've got the final version mm-hmm. you've got uh maybe you do a premiere for the people who helped with the production, the actors, the, uh, the people on the production team, mm-hmm. the uh, backers, because I believe you had a Patreon or a Kickstarter for mm-hmm. uh, The Suicide of James Ryder. Mm-hmm. Um, then what? Because you don't automatically, as an independent filmmaker, you don't automatically get distribution. You don't right. get to go into theaters necessarily. What happens uh, with movies like this and what happened with uh, James Ryder?
1: Uh, Well, the biggest thing is, uh, of course, film festivals, the film festival circuit, which is, uh, which is getting more and more saturated, uh, with not only films, but film festivals. Uh, each year I do this. Um, but, but that's what you do. You submit to festivals and you, you, you play it around, uh, for a number of different reasons for promotion to go and to see how the audience reacts to your work and, um, that sort of thing. Uh, but also to, you know uh once you actually try to approach um distributors, distributors yeah. uh, they ask about festivals and they like to see you know at, at least a handful of couple of film laurel film festival laurels on your your poster or your you know dvd box kind of thing uh so, so it kinda, the, it the
0: kinda awards helps. or the recognition from the this was best of right. this particular film festival something along those lines yeah, and kinda, best of helps. may not be the right term
1: uh, uh i'm i I, I'm not one to saturate my poster art um with so many film festivals that you can't really even see the title or mm-hmm. what the poster art actually is um if you play at a bunch of festivals that's great, but you know it, it in 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 the industry really there's only a handful of festivals that industry people really care about uh which I unfortunately have not really been in some of the bigger ones uh they like to turn me down. Um, but that doesn't mean that that the other festivals aren't very useful and, and fun to go to and again look good on a a, a poster. Um, so you do that and then you you know start talking with the distributors. I actually um, oddly enough with James Ryder, I had a company uh, which is the one that i'm I'm signed with, uh, Bayview Entertainment. Uh, they approached me about James Ryder before I even finished a film i'm not really sure how they heard about it. Um, but somebody, somebody contacted me early on when I was just about to have like a cast and crew, like you said, like a cast and crew, um, investor screening at the mm-hmm. Enzian. Uh, I hadn't even done that, let alone film festivals. And someone contacted me from Bay- Bayview and, uh, asked if we had distribution and what my plans were. Uh, and I told them, you know, uh, we're just finishing up here. Let me do some festivals and see what kind of, um, you know, reaction we get. And then. I played the festivals for a, a few months six or eight months or whatever it was and uh, went back to them and said this is this is how we did uh, you guys want to see a screener and we took it from there
0: that's cool uh from a film festival standpoint you mentioned you know you you don't always you get rejected sometimes yeah. people tell you no most of the time um is it is the process of applying uh, fairly consistent is it You know, this one is free, but it's juried. This one (laughs) costs $75 to apply and to submit. How does that work? Is it kind of all over the place, or is there a a specific standard for film festivals?
1: Um, I don't know that there's a standard. Actually, there probably should be. Um, I honestly wish there was some sort of
0: more consistent Uh, way
1: film festival you know board of association of america or some kind of thing that like
0: did standardize some things do you want to start that that might be another bad business idea uh,
1: that would be i think that'd be a great business (laughs) idea because there's there's a lot of shysters out there that take uh money for festivals that they call festivals um but they're strictly online and you don't really know whether or not anybody even watches the films uh, everybody gets in, everybody wins, but everybody pays a, a handsome fee. And you can even buy your award um, if you happen to win, which most people end up winning. Uh, there's a, p- a place where you can go to buy for a few hundred dollars. You can buy the the award that you won. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's kind of a weird business. Uh, so, yeah, it is a little bit all over the map when it comes to that. But generally, there is you know, a smaller fee for shorts, a larger fee for fest uh, features. And the earlier you submit, uh, it's a little bit cheaper. And uh, the, the closer to the actual submission deadline, it gets a little more expensive, which is a little backwards because the closer you get to submitting to the festival, um, the final deadline is the more expensive submission. But at the same time, it's Probably less of a chance that you're going to get into that festival the right because they it gets. have
0: fewer chances to watch the movie and to yeah. pick it and all that so arguably you could
1: submit the very last day that they're taking submissions pay the very most amount of money for your submission and have the least amount of chances that you're going to get in um so there there are some standards that it would be nice that they would put into place with film festivals um but it's you know it, it can range anywhere from like Five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars for a, a short, all the way up to a hundred and twenty five dollars for a
0: feature. The uh, what's the community like? Because you know, you're competing with other people, other directors, other movies to try to get distribution, to try to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, you're literally competing at the film festivals, right? Uh, to be chosen as the best of or to get the laurels, as you're mentioning, the awards. Right. Is it, you know, could I go online if I was going to start doing film and start talking to other filmmakers and find, you know, like a lot of support in terms of, yeah, definitely go to this film festival, but watch out for this one because it is a hundred percent of a scam. Is it a good community?
1: Um, It is a great community in a lot of ways. uh, But also in a lot of ways, um, like you're saying, you won't get a lot of honest opinions about some of the things that I'm saying right now, because mm-hmm. um, you know, I again bring it full circle to punk rock. I I do what I do because I want to do it and I want to put myself out there. I want to tell stories. I want to create art. I want to do all of those things. I don't do it uh, to win awards, although that helps um, and it I'll, I'll always, you know, it feels good. It's fun and it helps get distribution and stuff like that. That's not why I do it. However, there are a fair amount of people that it, that is why they do it. So if they submit to something, um, even if they pay a handsome fee for that submission, and everyone sort of gets in and everyone sort of you know quote unquote wins, that's a win for them, and that's why they're in it. So they're not gonna they're not gonna be in these community groups that you're talking about, right. which there are plenty. They're not gonna be bad mouthing that festival because that's exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know th- that's fine if that's if that's w- w- what you're in it for. But uh, excuse me. But it, you know, it's 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 a little bit of a catch twenty two, I guess. You know, yeah, you get what you pay for.
0: What about Orlando specifically, the Central Florida area? Um, I don't know how often you cross over with other directors or movie people, but I imagine mm-hmm. you had a pretty, you know, for an independent film and it's on a on a budget, mm-hmm. on a tight budget, you had a pretty big. Uh, production. It looked like uh, again. I, I'm not sure exactly what would right. be considered big for an independent feature film, but um, you know, you had a lot of people working on it. Yeah, have you found did, uh... that. Well, have you found that the uh, specifically the community in Orlando is good about support and helping and all of those things?
1: There, yeah, there are there are a lot of great uh, great groups that that are great, very very big, supportive in in the Orlando area. I've been here for you know what 20 years and i've been in the independent film scene f- since about 2002 uh and i've seen it uh in all different versions along the way um but the it, the short answer is yes there's a great community and very supportive community um i do uh i do tend to take some slack sometimes because i'm a i i'm a i'm a big proponent of paying people if if you can I understand that. Yes, what I do is independent films, and they are—they're not even low budget independent films. They're like micro budget independent films. Um, and in the Hollywood world, what I pay for my whole film won't even register what they pay for a day uh, on a big budget film. Uh, having that said, uh, I try and give a little bit of money or whatever money I can to everyone uh, that works on my projects, and that, and that includes actors. And even if that's you know fifty bucks a day or hundred bucks a day. Uh, uh, just, you know, just, just as a thank you, uh, I, I know it's not a lot. It's a, it's, it's kind of an insult, uh, when, when you actually think about what people put into getting headshots and taking acting classes and all mm. these other things that they do to prepare to walk on set and give you their, their magic, you know, a hundred bucks a day is an insult, but it's less of an insult than I'm not going to pay you anything. Yeah. I'm going to give you a free granola bar and, and put a credit on IMDb. Um, so one thing that I think that our community does lack is th- people's ability to want to raise money and try and pay, try and pay people something. Uh, there's a, there's a ton of people that just, uh, they want people to work for free or expect people to they'll do it out of the love
0: of, uh, of, of the project. The craft, yeah. Or um, because they're going to get that credit and it's going to yeah. go in there real and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And that kind of, that, that hurts. Uh, I, I want to say that hurts the industry, mm-hmm. but you don't really have an industry unless there's a. You know, exchange of money. So it's not even really the industry. It's, a, it's, uh, so I think that hurts us. And, uh, a lot of people get upset about that because I certainly, when I first started out, didn't pay people and I did stuff for free and I worked for free on other people's projects. So there's definitely a place for that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but when people are in the film industry for four, five, six, seven, ten 10 years and they're still asking people to work for free and, and they're not, taking a year off to raise money and then doing a project, uh, I think that hurts us as a community.
0: Let me ask you about uh, raising money. Um, You know, my understanding is you find an investor or investors, Mm -hmm. they invest in the movie and then potentially they might make some money if it's distributed, if it, you know, ticket sales, DVD sales, streaming, all of those things. Uh, For The Suicide of James Ryder, which is your latest film. Uh, you actually did uh, Kickstarter mm-hmm. as well. Uh, was that something new for you? Had you done Kickstarter before?
1: No, I've um, I've done a few Kickstarters. I okay. actually helped um, a while ago. I helped uh, banks with a Kickstarter. Uh, that's going back to 2010 2009. That was the first one I helped with with banks. Um, and then I did a couple since then. Uh, my first narrative feature, "Read Me," was also a Kickstarter, uh, and then I recently did a Kickstarter for—I'm uh, well, sorry—it was a Seed and Spark campaign, which mm-hmm. is another platform yep. uh, for the episodic pilot that I worked on called uh, "High Existence." So, uh, so uh, I've done—I've done, I've done an, uh, a number of campaigns.
0: Just—and I just realized this—in case somebody doesn't know what Kickstarter or Seed and Start is—it's a crowdfunding crowdfunding uh, yeah. platform, so you can ask for money. And in many cases, you can give away certain benefits to go along with that. Uh, So it might be a copy of the movie. Uh, But what I was noticing in uh, The Suicide of James Ryder, and it looked like you went beyond your goal. We
1: we were very fortunate.
0: um, And I don't want you to give away any of your secrets, but I'm curious about how you, what you chalk that success up to. Was it just the network of people you already had that you've been asking or who have seen your work? Or was Mm -hmm. it, too, because with Kickstarter, what you can do and with other crowdfunding um, systems you can do is give, for lack of a better term, rewards at certain levels. So at X number of dollars, Mm -hmm. you get a copy, a digital copy of the movie. At this level, you get a DVD with the director's commentary. Mm -hmm. Um, At this level, you might be an associate producer and you'll be listed Mm -hmm. on IMDb Mm -hmm. and uh, on the film as such. Um, and so on and so forth. So I was wondering if that you feel helped a lot this time around. Uh, the rewards. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a number of different
1: reasons why people would give to a campaign. And one thing that I would like to point out is that there is a distinction between an investor and someone that gives to a campaign. They're, oh, they're yes, not, please. If yeah. you could uh, talk a little bit a lot, about that. Because uh, so there's a lot of independent filmmakers out there that ask, that say they're looking for investment into their film and then they do a campaign, which is... Uh, not an event. You, there's no return when you're given to a campaign. It's yep. it's essentially it's a donation or you or, or you know a co- contribution in some way. Um, having that said, the rewards, I, I f- from where I come from, uh, my my point of view is that most people are not giving to my campaign because of the rewards. They that that certainly helps. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to not give out rewards, but. <clears throat> um, I try and sell people on uh, the vision of what I'm trying to create and the idea that you are joining me on the, the journey to create this vision and hoping that, that, that you connect with what the story I'm trying to tell and the way I'm trying to tell it. And, um, I mean, I tend to do things that are, su- that are super personal, you know, I'm not, I'm not making a zombie movie. I'm not making a, dra- a Dracula movie or something like that. So it, I'm, I'm usually telling stories about like an issue that someone can emotionally connect with Mm -hmm. and say like, Oh, I'd like to see that happen. I'm going to, I'm going to donate to some of this. So, uh, trying to sell that passion is a big part of it. The rewards are a big part of it. Um, another big part of it is keeping at it. A lot of people do campaigns and they, uh, they, they throw it up online and they do a couple of posts about it for the first couple of days. Uh, and then they don't want to bother people. So they, like they, they cool off, uh, and you you can't care about bothering people. You have to tell people straight up, like I'm going to be really annoying for the next month. Uh, you can unfollow me. You could you know not listen to me. I I don't care. But this is the most important thing in my life right now, and you're and not so going to hear gonna, me stop talking about it. Yeah. And you have to have that level of, of of being humble and and just going out there and and you know putting yourself out there. Uh, and people respond to that. And I think that people responded to that. And I had a great community. I had people that were super passionate about the subject matter uh, that were joining me in this, that were uh, getting their, some of their folks to contribute as well and sharing that. And uh, so that was also a big part of it. It wasn't just me saying, Hey, um." I'm Fred Zara. I have this cool idea. Help me make my movie. It was, you know, like I was showing people that like, look, I have a team behind me. I'm bringing on talented people. I want to pay those people some money for their, for their talents. And that's going to cost me money that I don't have. Uh, So all of that put together, I think is why we ended up being successful. That's great.
0: All right. Well, uh, we have to leave it there because our time is unfortunately up. That's so sad. Oh great. I'm glad there was a distinct pause before you said that. Thank you.
1: No, I mean well but I mean we're just acquaintances. <laughs> we're not best friends or anything.
0: That's an excellent point. An excellent point. Well, Orlando Theater Hour is coming up with Ashley Ann Gardner, so I encourage you to stick around for that. If you missed any of today's show, it will be available in podcast form. You can go to a certaindegree.com and learn about subscribing there or just listen to one episode, but please subscribe because it helps us. Or I encourage you to subscribe. Because it helps podcasters to all of the podcasts because it helps podcasts uh, with the algorithm that they have to uh, often fight with. All praise the algorithm. Uh, thank you very much, Fred. Uh, we can find you at fredzerra.com. Yes, sir. We can find you on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Would a good place to go to look at for the movies be IMDb or where would I go if I wanted to see some of your stuff?
1: You could search me on IMDb um, and I do have a couple of things on Amazon. So you you could search my name, just search my name Fred Zara uh, on Amazon and I have uh, my feature film Read Me is on there. My feature film Average Community is on there and I have a a number of short films, um, both uh, talk uh, and uh, I just want you to be happy. Mm. and uh, a small project called Project Gratitude that I was involved with as well.
0: Great. Well, let's shake hands on the air because I think that makes for good radio. (laughs) Very nice. And we'll knock that over. That was was perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. You've been listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. We're going to listen to Noah and the Whale waiting for my chance to come from the album Last Night on Earth. Have a wonderful week. No, I'm talking Fred. I'm talking. Oh, about oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. Okay, you, great. you too. Yeah, thanks. And that's the show. If you can't get enough of Fred, and how could you really find him online at FredZara, com? The voice you heard doing the commercials is the incredibly talented Ashley Ann Gardner. Check her out at ashleyagardner.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-A-G-A-R-D-N-E-R.com. If you like the bumper music, please follow the To Be Decided on YouTube and Instagram. As always, thank you so much for listening. I know you have many options when it comes to which podcast you listen to, and I appreciate you listening to this one. There are a lot of podcasts out there, though. How did you find this one? Have you been following me?